When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LeBondra looking to get caught side of Bond. LeBondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the preview show for 2023. Two twenty-three. Oh my God! Almost lost a year. The first few seconds. Supported by Phantom Brewery. Well, it's been a kind of interesting summer. Uh, lots of goings, many goings, some income incomings. We're going to see how we're going to like feel about the upcoming season for Reading FC. Now, if you have social media or have watched the TV, you'd have noticed that every single pundit has either gotten bottom of the league or in the bottom three. Now. I can safely say I will not be in that group, but what will these other two people be saying? As I've been joined by Jacob Southcline. Hello, that's me. <laughs> I, I was expecting like a follow-on, like Jacob Southcline, who is no, it's just me. I'm you back. only want build-ups now, Jacob. Yeah, it's like oh, you need no, well, intro, I'm, yeah. I'm now I'm now I'm big time. I expect you to roll out the red carpet for me, Paul. No, um, I'm I'm probably on the sliding spectrum of negativity. I'm probably down the more negative end. But, you know, with this, I'm like the yin to your yang. How about that? I'll take that. I, I can't say anything more than that. Wow. We've gone really deep within the first <laughs> two minutes Two minutes of this podcast. I've also been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. How you doing? I'm good. I don't know whether I'm yin or yang or there isn't a third option. You can this. be the bit in the middle. There is. There's the two dots in the middle of the the black and white yin yang bit. So oh, I can be the That's the critical thing when you're doing an audio recording, isn't it? <laughs> well, you're like you're like you're like the Fifty Shades of Grey in between. You're the glue that holds me and Paul together. How about 50 that? Fifty Shades of Grey. Has Alex ever been uh, <laughs> like talking about such a way? That's what's going to be on the um, the Elm Park Royals charity calendar. Is just like twelve. Um, <laughs> we're doing the photo shoot next week. It's coming out of Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I definitely won't be on that. I've got to be honest. I want to, if there was a calendar, I want people to buy it, not to completely avoid it. So, uh, <laughs> right then, let's have a look at what's happened during the summer. Well, mainly it's been big players leaving. Although we will come on to the players that have also joined the club. Let's quickly run through them. We've obviously lost players like John Swift, a huge loss there. Andy Rinomoto. There's another one. I mean, I'm getting seriously depressed there, Alex, just thinking about those two players. I mean, if you just run through them all, it's kind of, you start to feel negative about it, but there are some positives coming up, aren't there? Um, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of outgoings. You know, you named Renamota, Swift, but there's also Morrison, Laurent, all the goalkeepers, it seems. Um, a bunch of players who were here for a very short amount of time last year. 
Mark McNulty's finally gone. That's probably one of the positives, let's be honest here. Um, but yeah, thank you. There's been a lot of uh, reasonable incomings, I would say. They're not world beaters, but I certainly am. I think I'm probably more impressed with the incomings than I was expecting to be. Yeah, I agree. I think they've been actually pretty good so far. I mean, Jacob, I'm going to run through these uh, incomings that we've had so far, and I'm going to add Nabisar because I think we can kind of confirm that if someone's in a full kind of kit, I almost thought of the last word that sometimes gets applied there on our social media, but he actually should be wearing the kit. But look at the players that we've had come in. We've had Tom Ince. We've got John Clark, who's a young player from uh, Portville, played in that friendly, played pretty well, I think, against West Ham as well. We've got Michael Craig. He's come in. We've got Dean Mazanis, the goalkeeper. Federici lookalike. We've obviously got someone called Shane Long. You've probably all heard of him before. We've got Sam Hutchinson, Joe Lumley. Therese Fauna and Jeff Hendrick. Now, if you look at the quality of players we've got in there, Jacob, are you slightly surprised by that level? I'm really impressed because before this transfer window, everyone was saying, right, the people we're going to get in are going to be like everyone else's sloppy seconds from the rest of the league. You know, the, the sort I, I of players that... Are, I think they are, are sloppy seconds well, they, to an extent. They are, but they're, they're sort of sloppy seconds that aren't as sloppy as I was expecting. Yeah. They're still seconds. But they're not like sloppy, sloppy. They're just like slightly dirty. Do you know what I mean? Is we're going back to that calendar again, aren't we? But <laughs> uh, for me, a player like um, Jeff Hendrick is a massive key for Reading because I mean I know you know he's he's not glamorous, but in terms of the pedigree he's got, he spent you know plenty of his career in the Championship and a lot of his career in the Premier League. And a player that were it not for the fact that he's not getting a look in at Newcastle, I wouldn't have been surprised to see him either go to a newly promoted team on loan or um or just to stick in, in the Prem. Or even he could do a job for a, a team that are looking a lot higher up the championship table than than Reading, let's be honest. And and in pre-season as well, he's shown his value in that. He's chipped in for a couple of goals. I think he scored about 10 minutes into his Reading debut or something silly like that. And to, in terms of that midfield, like three or two that Paul Lynch is going to put in place, he's going to be maybe offsetting some of the creativity that we've lost through Swift and also some of the energy that we've lost in the shape of Lauren and Rinam Hotter. So a player like that is going to be worth his weight in gold for his Alex. Yeah, I agree. I think Hendrick is one of the signings who definitely stands out as being like proper championship quality and should be able to, he'll, he'll stand out as one of the best players this season, or at least he should do. Um, because he's had the experience in the championship. And I think he, he definitely got some games in the Premier League, not necessarily for Newcastle, but um, he's had games in the Premier League with Burnley before. And I think that Reading have probably been quite fortunate that he had a bad second half to the season last year with QPR on loan, because I feel like that probably has put some teams off of him this season. Well, he said himself in, in his interview when he signed for Reading that he never felt fully comfortable with QPR because he was coming in mid-season and, and the dynamic that people fans don't necessarily think about is the fact that if you're a player that's come into a pre-established squad where everyone gets on with each other and already has those relationships, if you're coming in as a bit of an outsider and you don't fully settle and you've got a limited window of time to make an impression, it's really, really difficult, especially if you're moving up from like deepest, darkest Newcastle down to, to London. It's... Um, I can understand why he might not have set the world on fire, but 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It seems like he's he's a good character to have around, as has been with, the same with a lot of our recruitment. He's got his head screwed on, and and Paul, he's, he's going to be great. I hope so. I hope so. I've spoken to a few QPR fans, which is always a distressing moment in my life. But they did say that Hendrik was kind of the main reason why they collapsed in the second half of last season. Whoa, Tigers, I'm going to explain this. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, whoa, don't fire me down. <laughs> I totally agree. That's ridiculous. You cannot blame one it was, player. Hashtag, it was all Jeff Hendricks' fault. <laughs> I know. It's like, you can't blame one player for your collapse. That's like a group. They absolutely fell apart, which was very enjoyable to watch. Uh, I, none of us uh, did enjoy that. But yeah, I think he's a quality signing. I mean, if I look through the others, Fauna, he could be good. I think he's going to be one of those players that probably comes in and out. Uh, he might not start every single week, but that's no problem. If you've got a little bit of depth there, I'd still like to see a few more signings. Obviously, the Shane Long one is the one that has the emotional high to it and the lovely story. Is he going to play 40 games a season? I doubt it. I very, very much doubt that. But if he chips in with five or six goals, that's brilliant. But what do you think, Alex? I think if Long gets... Yeah, five or six, then I think the transfer has to be considered a reasonable success. He's not going to be the first choice, as you say. And actually, coming in as a probably second, maybe even third choice striker behind Mate, it seems. Um, if he gets five, six goals and they're big goals, they win as points, then no one's going to care really how much he's played and that, or how much he's, uh, you know, how much he's actually putting in outside of that, if that makes sense. People are going to remember him for those big moments. I mean, nostalgia aside, and there was plenty of it, and I, I was giddy with with the, that warm, fuzzy feeling of, oh God, he's home for like weeks afterwards. But for me as well, it's it's clever. It's clever recruitment because you've got a player who who knows we're going to be in, in a scrap and knows the, the scale of the job. And on a tight budget, has, has approached us and said, look, let me help you guys out. And for me, he's the oldest player in the squad, fine, whatever. But, you know, he's 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 off the pitch going to help rejuvenate the fans' connection with the, with the club again. A player like Tyrese Fauna as well, who, like Long, has the distant Reading connection from the past when he was released from our academy and knows players like Tom Holmes and Tom McIntyre. Again, that's clever because we're helping out Forrest by, you know, getting one of their their youth players minutes and also hoping that he can help us in the meantime and and a player like Buzanis who is mates with Tom Inns is to me it feels like the recruitment team have known that they're working with scraps and basically used every single avenue they can in terms of luring players here and when the task was to basically replace an entire squad honestly personally all my expectations of this window have already been blown out the window I think the networking seems to have definitely paid off because you can see like Bazanis is friends with, with Tom Ince, right? Um, Therese Fauna meant to, meant to be friends with Tom Holmes, whether that's, you know, true or not from them being in the Academy, who knows, but um, the, the signing, which we, I mean, we haven't discussed yet. Another one, which I think probably is mainly down to the fact that they had a poor season last year is Joe Lumley, who I think is going to be the number one goalkeeper this season starting low start in goal i think he's going to be on quite a short leash given the amount of mistakes and errors that middlesbrough and qpr fans seem to have claims that 
claim that, that he has made over the last few years. I've been relatively impressed with him, to be honest, though, in preseason. He's made some decent saves. Um, he's looked reasonably good with the ball at his feet. Paul, I know you think slightly differently about Joe Lumley, but... No, no, I, I think he's been fine. I think he's been fine in the friendlies. And what I do like about him is his distribution with his feet. I think that's a big asset. Uh, yeah, he is going to make mistakes. We all know that. But let's look at Middlesbrough. They're going for the playoffs. They're expecting a much higher quality. Um, no, and that's the thing. He's a, he a keeper who's trying to keep a team in the in the championship. He's not a keeper. Mm. And if he's a keeper, which is like the 15th, 14th, 16th best keeper in the championship, that's more than reasonable for what we're trying to achieve this season, right? I think the thing I like about Lumley, and don't get me wrong, I was one of the dissenting voices at first who was making all these Joanna Lumley jokes on, on Twitter and basically just, you know, getting every single pun value I could out of his, his name. But but for me, it's, his, um, it's how vocal he is. Like, you can, in the friendlies, you can hear him trying to organise. And I think that's something that Ince felt he was lacking with Southwood because I know that a lot of people have been saying, you know, why were we so quick to bin off Southwood after, you know, only really a few mistakes that could be expected for someone of his age. I don't think Southwood was the same commanding presence or vocal presence in the box that, that Lumley is. And, and Ince has clearly got an idea of what he wants his keeper to be. And Lumley is, is fitting closer to that vision. For, Which is a real shame because Southwood, we all want him to do well, don't we? None of us want him to do badly. We all want him to be a successful Redden football club. But I totally understand why we've brought in two different keepers. I, I don't I, I don't feel that's a controversial thing to do. No, and for all the talk of how young Southwood is, he is only three years younger than Joe Lumley. It's not he's not that young anymore. He is twenty he's gonna be twenty-five in three or four months' time. It's not he's not like a youngster who's just making his first appearances at this point. Um, so you really would hope for his sake that he's going to now he's going out on loan to Cheltenham for the season. That he's going to get a full season of football there and that will kickstart his career as a, as a number one somewhere. I think, so you go on, Jacob. No, you can, honestly, Paul, it's your podcast. You, you should get there. Go on. Well, we're going to roll like that. I just keep speaking for an hour. Nobody wants that. It's like, it's like Sam Hutchinson. I think he's the one that I think he's going to be the most consistent player this season. Uh, I think I really like the way he comes across in the interviews, which is like anyone can do, but he seems so natural and he seems so happy to be here. I understand those reasons just because of his family living so near and he's actually from the area. So he does understand a little bit. Obviously he's been away a long time and played for different clubs, but on the pitch also, he looks like a really good player. Will he get booked very early in most matches? Yeah. But if he doesn't get sent off, it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, what do you think, Jacob? Just, just before Jacob jumps in here, uh, on the subject of Sam Hutchinson getting booked, Eric sent us a fantastic link to a news article about Hutch Bingo. Absolutely. It's good. If, if, you, if you get a chance this season, whoever you're going to the game with, have a game of Hutch Bingo. You just have to guess what minute he gets booked. If you get it right, you win a prize. I, uh, you'll have to come up with the prize yourself. We don't have one to give out here. But like, the, prize, the prize is you get to go for lunch with Sam Hutchinson. <laughs> My, my, uh, I guess that would be a late booking as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. And you get away with it. That's what I <laughs> My, yeah, my feeling about the Sam Hutchinson signing is it's it's basically Michael Morrison, but two years on, isn't it? Well, this is the, the thing, only, right? Is, the only different thing is Sam Hutchinson, we've swapped, the vice out, we've swapped out Michael Morrison, who was a good egg 
a reliable servant for Sam Hutchinson, who is similar age profile, also seems to be a good egg, and also seems to be like someone that injuries aside, if he can stay fit, is probably like Paul says, guaranteed to be one of our most consistent players. What I like about him as well, other than the fact that you know he's he he's got this resilience to him, where because of all the setbacks he's had in his career, he he retired from football due to injury when he was still at Chelsea and then came back out of retirement because he responded well to some treatment. So he's, he's one of the only players of all to, ever to have two debuts for Chelsea or two separate debuts. And um, he, I don't know, he, he seems to be someone who doesn't take for granted what he's got to be like in being a professional footballer. And also, as far as Reading's requirements for next season are concerned, character aside, He's versatile. He can fill in as the third centre-back in the back three formation that In seems to want to set up in, probably due to the fact that we don't have a left-back still. Um, but he can also fill in in that central defensive mid-role. Um, so it, players like that are worth their weight in gold to us next year when we've got stretch resources and, and Hutchinson should be one of the first names on the team sheet every week, if he can stay fit. Yeah, totally. I haven't seen any negative comments from Sheffield Wednesday fans about him at all, which I think is a miracle on social media now. People say, oh, he's going to get injured, he's going to do this. But if you look over the last couple of seasons, he's averaged about 30 games a season, which I don't think is that bad. And we've come on to the possibility of playing four or three in the back. But Alex, you want to say something? If Sam Hutchinson is the first name on the team sheet, this kind of, I guess, leads on to the next question about four, you know, three in the back or two in the back in terms of centre-backs. If he is playing every game, and let's presume that Naby Sarr seems to have signed. It seems to be 99% done at this point. What do we think of that as well, Naby Sarr? I mean, he seems I, to be getting I a think it's really right, savvy. It, yeah. it's, think, a, it's another one which is like a player who's played a lot of games in the championship, you know, for a team which has done re- re- relatively well in previous years. Again, if he's not a champion, if he's not a top end championship defender, what does it matter? We're not trying to sign top end championship players at this point. So I'm pretty impressed. All the criticism I've seen of Saar, the only real criticism when people have, you know, been flocking to sites like Who Scored and Smarter Scouts get up his stats and whatnot, which I always feel like is is a little beyond a, a manager like Ince who has said that he previously doesn't believe in physiotherapists. But the only real limitation to Sar's game seems to be his progressive passing. But then we're not really going to ask for that from our centre-backs anyway because it's Reading FC. Do you know what I mean? So in in the back three, which seems to be where he he's most suited to playing from the fans I've, I've listened to, he's going to be such an asset because first and foremost, very crudely, he's an absolute beanpole. He's six foot six and, you know, he's a unit and we haven't had a player like that since probably, I don't know, Jake Cooper. But even then, Jake Cooper was sort of gangly and tall as opposed to Naby Sarr, just huge and statuesque. So if we, he does sign as is expected, another bit of great business from Reading, especially when, like you two have said, he was playing for a team that was going from a promotion last year. And um, I don't know, it just it, I think the only surprise for me is the fact that it seems to be a four-year contract. So if it does go to the wall... And if he if he if he does turn out to be the next I don't know like Massar as opposed to Nabisar, then uh, you know we we might he might be like an albatross around our necks for a little while. But I think it's a risk worth taking. Just one I second, think- Alex, on Massar. 
What a moment that was. What a debut. <laughs> what a debut. <laughs> as it's right the season, it was the first ever match, obviously, at the Medeski Stadium. Oh, if you saw that game, it was like we saw the Knicks George Weir. It really was. And instead, it was just, oh, dear me. That was it, wasn't it? One game. And he had one trick, which he flicked over his head, which was amazing. But. I don't think he quite had the attitude to be a professional footballer. His physique maybe wasn't a natural footballer's, was it? <laughs> more, George, more George Alagaya, I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. I'll, I'll tell you what, I will take George Alagaya on a free at the moment. I really will. <laughs> he can play left back. He can be a so, player. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually don't mind the four-year contract. I've seen quite a few people saying it's a lot and it's a long deal and things like that. He's never been at a club for more than two years, Naby Sarr, apart from Charlton, where he was there for like four seasons. Um, but I think he's had three or four other clubs now and he's only been there for two years at each of them. And realistically, he's probably not on a huge wage because we can't offer a huge wage. He's 28, so he should be pretty much in the prime of his career at this point, you'd have to think. Um and if we get relegated, I would hope that he's going to be, you know, wanted enough by a championship team that someone will come and sign him or that he'll stick around and be a pretty dominant defender in League One anyway. So it's like, I I don't think a four-year contract is horrendous. I, I understand that it's a long time to give a contract out, but at 28, I'm not so worried. If it was 31 or 32 and we gave a four-year contract, I'd be a little bit more concerned, but... Yeah, when he's 28, I, I don't mind it so much. Yeah, there's two ways of looking at it. One way is it protects us and it keeps his value. If he has one good season, we can sell him for a few million. Or if he's an absolute disaster, we've had a nightmare. I mean, which one's it going to be? We will find out, won't we? <laughs> it's it's bold of you to assume, Paul, that Reading are ever going to sell a player for actual money ever again. I mean, when was the last time we sold a player for actual cash as opposed to the dice putting their foot down and saying, I'll no, sorry, Liam Moore. Season has a start, Jacob. I'm still full of positivity and hope, <laughs> naivety, stupidity. <laughs> if you, do, you, do you know the answer to this question, Jacob? Outside of outside of the last um, player that we sold for money? Oh, God, it's like I'm playing your family fortunes again. Um, I've got the buzzer oh, ready. Gosh, I don't know. Uh... It wasn't Thiago Elori, was it? Close. No. Mo Barrow. Close. Oh, Mo Barrow. Of course, we went to Turkey, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor form. I mean, what actually qualifies me to be preview podcast host in the first place, lads? I feel like my credentials become like more and more stretched every week. You're looking, you're looking forwards, so it's fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> I like that. That's a good perspective to have. Um, it is, isn't all, it? You can only get better. That's all. That's all. We all I mean, I've got to. I've got to start like um, showing my worth at some point in the season. Otherwise, you're going to replace me with um, with uh, bloody hell. What's his name? The bloke who's gone upstairs again. He was our manager before. Welsh lad. Mark, Mark Bowen. Bowen. <laughs> How do I forget Mark Bowen's name? I've just proven myself, right? Haven't I? Um, the, the, all in Paul Lynch. He's the guy. Oh, <laughs> the governor. The governor. Famous, like famous Welshman Paul Um All in all, I think transfer business. Has has been pretty savvy and astute. I um, yeah. I think this kind of leads naturally onto the question of where we're going to finish because before this transfer window, I was like, right, this is it. We're sitting ducks in waiting, um, and 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 you know we're destined for the trap door. But 
the general mood on Twitter now that we've had the odd feel-good signing like Shane Long and Jeff Hendrick, the Irish contingent are back. We've had the odd astute signing in, in Nabisar, Sam Hutchinson. And all of a sudden, we're kind of looking up, not down. I suppose the only question mark is about the manager, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing I was going to come on to was uh, what are our thoughts on Paul Lins? Because I didn't think pre-season's gone too badly, to be honest. Um, yeah, we lost to Brighton. But, I mean, Brighton, a decent team in the Premier League now. And we lost to Benfica. But even in that Benfica match, in the first half when we played a decent team instead of a whole bunch of trialists, we actually looked okay. I mean, I know Benfica way behind us. And, you know, it wasn't a very serious match. But you don't want to come out of that game losing 6 or 7 nil and a horrible defeat. So I think we look like we've also got a shape. We've looked like we've got a plan. We look defensively a little bit better as well. I'm feeling slightly more positive than I was at the end of last season, Alex. Yeah, I think defensively we've looked really, really good, to be honest, in the friendly. It's the only friendly where we've looked defensively not even poor, but just like a team has been better than us has been Brighton. And frankly, I think that's just because Brighton are just a very, very decent team at keeping the ball and being able to exploit a team's weaknesses going going forward. So I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that Brighton were able to do that because it just shows that actually all the other friendlies... We, we did play well and we defended well and we had a good shape. I think from what I've seen, and I know it's only pre-season and that's the big old caveat and asterisk next to all this, but bearing in mind we still don't have a left-back at the club unless you're you know, at a push talking Tom McIntyre, who isn't a left-back. This is probably the best defence we've had, or best-looking defence we've had in a little while, which to me is astonishing because if you think about where we are as a club and also where we are financially, I think... You know, going into the season, the question marks are not around the defence for once. You know, and the midfield, we've had so many midfield departures, some of whom were expected, some of whom, you know, optimistically we thought we were going to keep. You know, is is the midfield going to click? Is the attack going to click? Those are the real question marks for me and not the defence for once. Yeah, it's very much, I agree. The, the question is, are we going to score enough goals? It's not, it's not... To me, at least, I'm not worried about us conceding 85 goals again. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll concede 60, but I don't think we're going to concede 87 like last season again. The the real concern is: Are we going to get 50 goals or 45 goals, which is going to be enough to you know scrape scrape one nil wins here and there when we've managed to defend well in games, or are we going to end up with too many nil nils in games and one ones because we haven't got enough goals to put teams away? What do you reckon, Paul? Well, my major worry is Lucas Jow. Um, if he's injured after that Brighton match and even out for two months, well, let's hope he's not. Let's hope he's fine for Saturday. But that's a real issue for us because I love Yaku Mate, but I'd love to have him and Lucas Jow in the team. And I think that would make a big difference. Whether we see Mate and Jow on the same team, I'm not sure because you've got Ince there, you've got Long there, you've got Ijaria. I think the options are big, aren't they, this season up front for us, uh, Jacob, considering our position, not going for the league or anything. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, this might well come back to bite me on the bum. So, um, you know, get your family fortunes buzzer ready. But for me, it's Jamari Clark season because if you think about who he's... Alex is shaking his head, but listen, hear me out. We've got an injury-prone Lucas Zhao. We've got another injury-prone player in Yakumate. Both players I love. Both players can score on their day if and when they're fit. We've got a 35-year-old Shane Long, who is not, you know, consistently bagged in this division for over a decade. And then past that, 
assuming we don't sign another striker, Jamari Clark, who's been bagging them for the Jamaica under-20s, I mean, this is, if there was ever a time for him to kick the door down, and Ince doesn't seem to want to ship him out on loan, I mean, surely this is his time to to make a claim if there ever was one. See, and the fact that like Jamari Clark also was convinced by Paul Ince to stay for another year. So, no, I'd love to see Jamari Clark come in and have a good season. If you've got eight goals, I think it'd be a fantastic season for him. Eight, I mean, eight or ten. I'd love to see him get 20, but let's be realistic here. If he gets 25 appearances this season, I think that would be a really good season for him. I just I just don't see it. Like, I, I get all of your points completely. And I understand that, yeah, he could come in and have 25 games a season and score six, seven, whatever goals. But I just don't see it. The guy's signed in pre-season and not featured at all. Not been on the bench, not been in pre-season. I know he was away with Jamaica at internationals um, last month, but I would have expected him to play 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Like we've seen some of the youngsters get on the pitch at the end of games in, in for 20 minutes, half an hour in these, in these last two friendlies, last three friendlies. But Jamari Clark hasn't even been featured. Neither's Kamara. It, like there's... A little bit of kind of I'm um, not worried about them, but it's it's it just seems a bit odd that we've signed back these players and they haven't been involved necessarily in preseason with first team training, um, or it'd be even been on the first team training camp at St George's Park. Kamara apparently is being consigned to the under twenty threes again, which I don't know whether you agree with that or not. Whether he's ready or not is is you know weird to me. Alex, I'm going to go out on a limb here now. That was your Alan Hansen, you can't win anything with kids moment on the Elm Park Royals podcast. And we're going to replay this at the end of the season when Jamari Clark is like the next Didier Drogba and has scored 30 goals. And that's it. Your career is going to be over. It's going to be Sayonara, Arriba Dirchi. He had a good run, but we're actually replacing you with, with Mark Bowen. So. I seem to remember that uh, Alan Hansen went on had an excellent pundit career after that anyway, so don't worry about I, it. I, I think you hit a nerve there, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if he goes on and scores, if you put it this way, if he goes on and scores 10 goals this season, I think we'll have, we'll have stayed up without an issue because he's not, I'm not expecting him to ten, get 10 goals this season is probably my point. So if he gets 10 goals, then I, I think we've probably done enough somehow that we'll have stayed up and I'm, that that would be great news. No one seems to know how long his contract is, though, which is a little bit concerning. It's like Schrodinger's contract. It mm. could be it could be a year. It could be ten years. We just don't know. Um, on the subject of you know our inevitable promotion push, you know when we're going to be lifting the trophy with 107 points this time in May, and after England have stormed to a glorious World Cup win in Qatar, um, th- it must be said that the the kits in which we will be lifting the trophy in. Are oh, um, I mean, lads. There is actually, a conversation to be had. Here. There is actually a rule: we can't actually lift the trophy this season in this kit because we haven't got a collar. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, it's true. So, second place. Pack up the bags, everyone. There's not going to be any trophy lift this season. I, I know you're all gutted listening to this because you're fully expecting us to win the league, aren't you? Um, yeah, the kit. Now, the kit is a complicated one, isn't it? We've only seen the home one so far. There's lots of rumours about the home away one, but nobody knows what that's really looking like, as on the mass population of the Red FC fan base. Uh, I like the message. I definitely like the message, but there's a but here. Um, I'm not keen on the design. Now, I guess the design is meant to be slightly jarring, 
So then you see it, you ask what the question is, why have they got that? And then you sort of look it up and it brings up the debate about climate change and the situation that we're all in. And I, I'm not going to get involved in the climate situation because that is a whole different podcast. But I do feel that I'm really keen on it. I don't really like the kit. Um, I wish I could say I did like the kit, but I don't. It will obviously be totally irrelevant in two weeks' time. If we were to win two of the next three games, no one's going to care, are they? But it's just our opinion as we've seen it for the first time. Alex, what do you think on it? Uh, probably similar to you. I like the like the idea. I like, to be honest, I don't even really mind the, the design. I don't know what to call it. Infographic, whatever it is. I think it's, yeah. they're, they're called, what did he call them? Uh, warming bars or something. Professor Ed Hawkins from the University of Reading. Something like that. Yeah, I don't and mind the warning bars. He looked, being... he looked proper dashing in it as well. He got involved with the photo shoot. He did actually. He did. Yeah. I thought if I was doing a kit thing, that you'd want to look that good, wouldn't you? Really, it's not bad because he's not obviously a professional footballer. He's come out of that all right. We can get him on the calendar with Alex on the Empire of <laughs> Christmas calendar. Well, Jacob, you and this calendar, you're going to make it reality, and you're going to have to be <laughs> well, in look, it. It's like, the next. It's you're the next talking yourself to into this calendar. Well, <laughs> well, why not? Give the people what they want. They've got their Empire of Phantom beers. Got I've got their, to say, now, got I've said World World twice in this podcast because there's good reason. I don't think the public do want that. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, instead of giving away season tickets, we're going to have to like start giving away like therapy appointments for the trauma <laughs> that we've uh, inflicted with our Empire Rules calendar. Yeah, sorry, it's, Alex. It is, go a good remind, it is a good reminder, though, Jacob. If you haven't already entered our season ticket giveaway, do go online and do so. Elmparkrolls.com slash ST giveaway. We're giving away five season yeah, tickets five. five yeah um so make sure you get on there the deadline is saturday at 3 p.m when the season kicks off so do get on and enter we've had loads of entries already but you've got hey, nothing you can't, you can't win you can't win if you haven't entered. so no. um my know. thoughts on the kit going back to it i really like the idea of the warming bars i think it's a you know excellent idea to kind of raise awareness make people at least question it hey how many kit launches have we had that have made national news on loads of different media sites not very many so it clearly is doing the job that they want it to do african violet mm, i don't think it quite had the same but i mean i remember when but, we, under yep stand we launched a kit into space and that wasn't a very environmentally friendly was it right. <laughs> We've got well, that didn't happen, Jacob. No, no, no. <laughs> the only, the only kind of like um, issue I have is that it's the whole sleeve. I, I really think it would have been nicer if it had been within side a hoop or on the sleeves or something. It just that's probably my only criticism of it. But hey, again, as you said, if we win five in a row, who really cares? It's a kit. I don't really care. The players can come out wearing as long as it's blue and white in the majority of a home kit. After that, I'm really kind of like, meh, just as long as they're winning, who really is that bored? I'm um, I'm going to send an email to Macron after we're done recording that and try and get Alex on the design panel for next season. Um, but in all seriousness, we were saying before we went, before we hit record that the last two kits that Shane Long's been forced to play in have both been absolute stinkers, haven't they? So, so maybe it's always his fault. Maybe direct all of your email complaints to the Long household. Um Seriously, I'm though, sure, when I'm I... sure he's still going to look great in it. Though. Oh, yeah. I mean, how could he not? Especially like if the rooms are to be believed and we ended up in the Palmer Pink um, away kit. You know, when George 
Puskas scored all those goals for Palmer when he was on still at Inter. This might be the little, you know, kick up the bummy knees to become the next, you know, the next Reading sensation. But I, I was on a train when I saw the home kit for the first time in like 30 degree heat. And I genuinely thought I was having a seizure. I couldn't believe it. Um, but since then, it has actually started to grow on me. So, you know, maybe this is what they wanted all along. So we could talk will, about the kit until we're blue in the face, lad. I will say, I actually, I it has grown on me more. The first time I saw it, I was like, no, I hate it. Now I'm kind of like, eh, it's not horrendous. It's not good, but it's not awful. So I think we get used to it. I think one of those things is just get used to it. And the message is out there. I go to Mardi Club. They've put something out there that's a bit different anyway. And... I think it's good that we're trying to lead on instead of going kind of on the mentality of, well, this is what other clubs do. So this is the minimum we can get away with. They've put themselves right out there and they know people are going to mock it basically and take the piss, aren't they? Because there's people do. There's lots of people, non-believers and all the situation of what it's actually trying to mention about, but it's there now. But now is the time that we make our predictions. Now I'm going to ask for three different predictions here. I'm going to ask for position, Top goal scorer and player of the season. Now, I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about that one. And I am going to start this off. I'm going to say that we're going to finish 21st. I'm going to say our top goal scorer. Now, this is going to mix up slightly. I think it's going to be Yaku Mate. Because I've got a bad feeling that Yaku Mate, that um, Yukas Jao is going to be injured a fair bit this season. And I think our player of the season is going to be Sam Hutchinson. That's who I think is going to be my top three. But Jacob, what are you going to go for? Uh, quick fire. Let's get, let's let's go. Let's just thrash it out. Twenty first, skin of the teeth, staying up, job done. Uh, top goal scorer Jamari Clark. Got to stay on brand. No, in all seriousness, I'm going to agree with you, Paul. I think it's probably going to be Mate. I don't know if Zhao's even going to be here by the end of the window, honestly. I'd still think he's probably one of our most saleable assets anyway, you know. Um, and then let's go for Jeff Hendrick. I think Jeff Hendrick is going to be really important for us this season. I know we don't often hand out Player of the Season awards to low knees, but let's see if Jeff Hendrick can go down in, in Reading folklore this season. What about you, Alex? I'm going to have to go for Lucas Shaw for player of the season because no one else has. Actually, sorry, no. In fact, I won't. Lucas Shaw, top goal scorer. Uh, Lucas Shaw, top goal scorer. I think we'll finish 19th. I'm going to say player of the season, Tom Holmes. Savvy. New vice captain, it should be said as well. Yeah. Well, we got a spread, lads. You know, one of us might be half right. You never know. We'll have to listen back to it at the end of the year. I was going to say, also, I'm going to put this out there for Twitter so we can clip this bit up, Alex. So if there's an in-house bit here going here. So give us your predictions on what you think are going to be the top three of those scenarios. So we've got position. Where do you think we're going to finish? Player of the season and top goal scorer. So give us, our, uh, give us your answers in the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are. And let us know. And we'll give you some daft prize at the end of the season. It will not be a season ticket. It will be the it will be the Elm Park Royals, Fifty Shades of Grey advent calendar. I'm, I'm really trying to get off the ground. <laughs> well, I'm, you're beginning to disturb me there, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> you look, it's a good job um, that I'm not having any input on like any of the merch or giveaways. That's that's firmly your Yeah, there's going to be one calendar of all of us and that's it. No, nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. So thanks a lot for listening. 
The last few minutes were torturous from me. I'll try and get better as the season goes on. I, I probably won't. But there we this go. is what so we have pre-season before. <laughs> and, uh, pre-se- all- pre-season is all about getting out of your system, Paul, you know, like getting ready for, for the big event, which is this Saturday in Blackpool. I'm going to get worse. You know that. <laughs> so, right. Cheers. Thanks for listening. And if you've enjoyed it, give us a review. Five stars. It's what we love. And also listen to the preview, which I have Jacob and his calendar on. Yeah, sorry. On I'll, try, I'll try and keep the nudity to an absolute minimum. Um, <laughs> coming out this week, we're going to be talking to a bona fide Blackpool fan who is going to be giving us the lowdown on the Seasiders before we go up to the seaside well they're not the seasiders are they the tangerines other fruits are available but uh yeah be sure to listen to that and uh, that will be coming out later in the week oranges are not the only fruit goodbye